I'm Dr. Fiona Lovely, and this is the Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast. I'm taking the taboos of menopause and perimenopause and bringing light to the dark. No bullshit, no shame. It's time for us to gain a new paradigm in female health, out with the old and in with the new, and I'm bringing fresh perspectives from someone in the arena. I've been practicing women's health for nearly 20 years, and I'm spilling the tea on what it means to live at midlife, knowing that the best is yet to come. I'm sharing my Gen X approach to living through this transition, sassy, a bit sweary, and always honest. Tactical tips and instantly usable information is my aim. I hope to make you laugh and that you learn something new that helps you embrace the change. Together, we bring power to the Perry. Onward to the podcast. Dr. Fiona Lovely, and this is the Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast. Welcome. Thanks for spending some time with me today. First thing I wanted to talk about today was just how excited I am about how much interest there is in mainstream media uh, talking about menopause in the menopause transition. Uh, Not only did I see uh, two articles yesterday on my local news app talking about the passage of menopause and perimenopause for women, um, but also there's been quite the uptick in interest uh, that I'm receiving from people wanting to be on the podcast. By the way, if you've got somebody you think I should interview, please have them drop me a DM on Instagram. That's at Dr. Fiona Lovely. Um, I'd love to speak with them. Uh, they can also send me a website, uh, an email through my website, which is drlovely.com. Um, and I'd love to talk to them. Um, but you know, I'm just, it's about damn time people. I am just so excited about it. Really? I, uh, recently, just in the last few weeks, I've had, um, I was interviewed for, um, a national news channel for a radio show. And they wanted to know about uh, menopause from a menopause expert. And also, um, just last night, I finished answering some questions for um, a journalist who's writing an article for a national newspaper here in Canada that has a daily distribution about of about 2 million people uh, talking about menopause and the rebranding of menopause and the reinvention of menopause and what is happening. And as I looked at my answers, as I looked at the culmination of what it's meant to be in this space as a professional for the last 20 years, I just was overcome with a sense of, first of all, gratitude that this information is available, that I had wise women guide guide me, that you are showing up and saying, I want better for myself, for my life. How can I get better? Uh, This especially is true for those of you that have experienced medical gaslighting, who have been told that this is what happens at this age, 
and get used to it, sis, <laughs> you can imagine what I have to say about that. <laughs> Some words I probably shouldn't say now. But it's interesting as I was reading my answer to the question about that to my husband last night, like he literally leapt out of his chair and he was like, this makes me so angry. And I'm like, yes, exactly. This is how women feel, but this has been going on for such a long time. Anyways, I just want to tell you, I am so proud of you for showing up today and every other day. You've showed up to listen to my podcast and the other wise women that are talking about this and saying, I want something better for myself. I'm so proud of you. You are so much stronger and more resilient than you think. And I love you and I'm grateful for you. And I literally have tears of gratitude as I say that to you. And um, thank you. Thank you. And yes, when the article gets uh, published, I will certainly link it to my socials. And hopefully the journalist um, takes something good from from, uh, what I shared. And just sharing the story of you. That's really what I'm sharing. So the rise of the wise woman is here. And I am so here for it. Anyways, so thank you for giving me a moment to share my passion. I'm so passionate about this subject. I'm so passionate about women's health. And um, I'm every day amazed at how incredibly awesome you guys are. And, you know, in this spirit, is there something I can give you? Is there something more you need at this time? What is it? Is it, is it, tools and tactics? Is it hormone testing? Is it how do I speak to my doctor? Is it how, you know, how do you, how do you want to use the information I'm giving you? What can I give you? Please tell me. You can drop me a message on either uh, Instagram at Dr. Fiona Lovely, or you can uh, send me a DM on um, Facebook, which is at Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast on Facebook. And I really want to hear from you. So if you've got something to say, please take a moment and, and drop me a note. I'm listening. So thank you. Thank you so much. Now, today I'm going to do a menopause FAQ. It's been a while since I've done one of these, and I know you guys like them a great deal, so I have some goodies to share. But before I do that, just take a moment to listen to uh, our, our sponsor. I would like to acknowledge our sponsor, Athletic Greens, which is now called AG1. This is a vitamin, mineral, and probiotic greens drink. It helps me boost my energy and gives me the nutrients I need in case I don't get what I want and need in my diet for the day. It tastes great and it has mushrooms and digestive enzymes and adaptogens for adrenal health. I take it once a day. It's truly an all-in-one supplement. If you would like to try AG, please visit athleticgreens.com slash Fiona Lovely, and they'll send you a year's supply of liquid vitamin D3 with K2 and five free travel packs, which come in mighty handy for getting your AG on the go. Thanks, Athletic Greens, for sponsoring the Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast. Okay, thank you, Athletic Greens, AG1, my favorite, I'm telling you, so good. Um... And the link to find out more about AG1 is in the show notes. So I'll make sure that's there for you. So one of the questions I get a lot from you is how do I certainly speak to my doctor about um, 
what kind of testing should be done and um, what test do you recommend I have ordered and when do I start? So let's go over that. I think it's a good idea to get a baseline at the age of 40 if you haven't already experienced symptoms that's left you asking your doctor questions about what may be going on. And, and that may be, for some women, that may be a conversation of, of that you're having at 35 or 37 or 39. So, um, but if you haven't yet, 40 for sure. So the most important, most relevant information that we can get at that time goes like this. First two things are hemoglobin and iron. And those are to measure whether or not you are iron deficiency anemic. And uh, really, really an important test. And I've just recently re-released an anemia episode I did a few years back because I'm seeing so much of this. It's so very common. And let me state it to you this way again, uh, because I just don't think it can be said too many times. If you're anemic and you're trying to manage symptoms outside of the anemia, chances are you will have less success, if any at all, you must repair and repay the debt of the anemia first. And I know this information is not great coming from your GPs. There isn't an easy solution. So go back and listen to the episode of This Is You. I'm going to guess it's probably a quarter of you, maybe even more. And, and maybe you don't even know it if you're constantly fatigued and you don't know why, like you're not over busy or overthinking or overdoing life, you're just fatigued, you might want to have your doctor check this one first. So hemoglobin and iron. Go back and listen to the episode on anemia if you need more information. That episode is chock full. It's literally the thing I give my patients when they show up in my office and say, how do I get rid of this? I say, okay, here's the supplements, but please go and sit down and listen to this episode with a pad of paper and a pen and write it down. Can you tell I'm old school? (laughs) I'm actually looking at our show notes today written out on a piece of paper. (laughs) So old school. Anyways, okay, next things you want to have tested are estradiol, progesterone, and testosterone. These, of course, are the sex hormones. And we want to look at them in the context of each other, specifically estradiol and progesterone. That'll give us an idea. Yes, it changes by the moment. But when you have the blood test done, make a note of what day of the cycle you are on, okay? Keeping in mind the first day of your cycle is the first day of your bleed. So day one of your bleed is day one of your cycle. And chances are it probably lasts somewhere around 28 days, but it can be as short as 21 or as long as 35. Everyone's a little bit different there. So make that note. That way, when you're looking at those numbers, you've got an idea of whether or not your estrogen might be higher because you're in the earlier part of your cycle, or the estrogen might, or progesterone might be higher, which is the second part of the cycle. So that's just a very general overview, but it's good information to have. And the testosterone is important if you find that you are... <clears throat> either suffering from bone loss or loss of libido or brain fog or vaginal dryness and or painful intercourse. Those things can all sort of be like, hey, we better check out what the testosterone is doing. Okay, next test would be morning cortisol and DHEAS, and that's DHEA sulfate. Um, So these are going to give you an idea of what your adrenal function is. Why is that important? 
The adrenal glands are the stress response glands. And if you're like most women in the generation that's going through menopause at the, the menopause transition at this time, you've probably learned how to interact with your world and the people in your world via the lens of stress and overdoing. And thankfully, that is changing the generations that are our kids. Uh, I think learned from watching us screw it up, which is good, which is really good. So we're not doing that anymore. We're not overdoing busyness and things and thinking because it does not serve us and our health. And Here's the thing about midlife and the perimenopause um, is that y- you got, y- this is the time. Like if you haven't already dealt with this, continuing to operate from a place of stress and not paying attention to important things like sleep and movement and relationships and food, like that's all on you. You, you, you can't. You, you must pay attention to those things in order to have the next 40 or 50 years of your life be healthy ones. So put down all those th- thoughts that you learned from a different generation that taught us to do th- certain things under the lens of uh, essentially capitalism and productivity. We don't have to look at it that way anymore. But... Testing your morning cortisol and your DHEAS will give you and your functional medicine provider an idea of where you fall on the scale of stress. Okay, next up are the blood sugar regulation uh, tests, and that would be the A1C and the insulin. And what those tests are going to tell us is whether or not you are um, experiencing a blood sugar dysregulation. If you are, they are very common. The most common of which is not diabetes, but just not eating at an appropriate time for you. So that's where intermittent fasting may come in or looking at how you are managing your food intake uh, in terms of schedule. Um, But also, are you consuming things that may not be healthy for your blood sugar regulation? And why is that important? Well, first of all, it's fuel, but it's also uh, brain management. So if you're experiencing cognitive decline or you're having troubles with brain fog, that's the first thing I tell people look at is, what is your blood sugar doing? Because it should not be swinging up and down. It should be fairly level across the day. And that can be monitored a few different ways. Um, which I'll talk about in another podcast if I haven't already. Uh, And also just your food intake. Being mindful of that is literally so important in terms of how well your brain functions now and into the next three or four decades, five decades maybe. Okay, let's talk about the thyroid testing. So basic baseline thyroid testing. Functional T3, reverse T3, T4, and anti-TPO. And that will give us the baseline uh, of, of how the thyroid is functioning. I also want to add T- TSH to that, which will tell us how well your brain is working to signal your thyroid. So we need to look at those things um, uh, to see what the thyroid baseline is. And I have to say, this one gets... Um, 
It's a poor grade for me uh, in terms of what I see most often. It's usually kind of a lazy testing of TSH and maybe a T4 uh, or T3, and that's it. So to me, that's not acceptable. It needs to be better. So FT3, RT3, T4, anti-TPO, and TSH are the ones to go for. Next, I want you to look at the homocysteine markers, or excuse me, the inflammation markers. The first one of which is homocysteine. Second one is HS, as in high sensitivity, CRP, HSCRP. So those two things are going to give us an idea in the, in the, in the ways that inflammation can go a bit can cause the systems can go to go a bit haywire for women at perimenopause. This will tell you which systems potentially can be involved. Really important information. And again, baseline here is really important. And then I'm going to give you two um, nutritional markers that I want you to look at. Vitamin D, 25-hydroxy, really important uh, for overall health. And the last one is B12. And if you are not yet taking a liquid or sublingual B12 by itself. This is usually what I hear. Oh, I take a B complex. Okay, that's fine. Great. But you also have to take additional B12. Um, that's something I see very commonly causing uh, havoc in the system for women. So if you're not yet taking that, I do recommend that. Um, it's an inexpensive supplement. You can get it pretty much anywhere, but liquid or a sublingual tablet. So a tablet held under the tongue is the way to go there. Okay, so there's your baseline tests. Um, I'm going to go over them again um, without the detail. I'll just list them here. Hemoglobin, iron, estradiol, progesterone, testosterone, morning cortisol, DHES, sorry, DHEAS, DHEAS, uh, A1C, insulin, FT3, RT3, T4, anti-TPO, homocysteine, HSCRP, vitamin D, 25-hydroxy, and B12. Okay, so the next thing I want to answer for you in terms of a very common question I get is treatment of hot flashes. So... Hot flashes are one of the most common signs and symptoms of menopause and the menopause transition and um, sometimes just terribly misunderstood or not well understood and therefore not well managed. So let me give you some tips. So first of all, this is what we call a vasomotor symptom, which is one of the, one of the clusters of symptoms that can happen for women during the menopause transition. And the first thing you want to look at is what your estrogen or estradiol to progesterone ratio is doing. You can have your doctor test that. If you're working with a functional medicine practitioner, they may be doing that via uh, uh, saliva, which is how I like to test the hormones. Uh, and looking at that and amending where necessary uh, can be really, really helpful. Um, looking at a comprehensive thyroid panel, uh, like I talked about in the first section here, really is going to give you uh, a good idea as to whether or not there's a thyroid issue. Those two things, whether it's HRT or thyroid hormone replacement, can give you uh, go a long ways to a great deal of relief. Now, I am going to say this because there was a paper done showing that uh, antidepressants did reduce hot flashes for women, which is really interesting, isn't it? Um, 
I'm kind of over hearing about women being tossed a prescription for antidepressant when the when their uh, when their care provider can't find anything else going on. But I guess if it's a super disruptive problem and the antidepressants work, then it's worth it, isn't it? <laughs> but please just talk to your healthcare provider about this. Um, I know that you can potentially manage this yourself and I'm suggesting to you these amounts for hormones are tiny and they require a delicate hand and constant monitoring so they don't cause more trouble. So please use your natural health provider or your functional medicine provider uh, to give you the right dosage. So managing inflammation is also really important um, when it comes to the vasomotor symptoms of menopause. Uh, For example, um, a really good place to start would just be look at your sleep hygiene. So this is especially true if you're having hot flashes at night, which is the night sweats. Um, Regular bedtime, natural fabrics that you're either your your pjs or or natural fabrics your sheets are natural natural fabrics you have a fan on you you have the ability to cover yourself back up again and i know it gets really complicated when there's another person sleeping in bed with you so you'll you'll find the way you have permission to go sleep in another room if you're more comfortable period Um, and that you can have a conversation with your partner and just say, look, this is not about you and me. I'm good. I just need to get a good night's sleep and it's going to serve everybody if I, if mama sleeps better. Right. Um, so regular sleep time, uh, controlling the environment, making sure you're not watching, um, close contact with blue screens before bed, an hour before bed, I think is sort of the general rule there. Um, removing food triggers completely is a really important one for treatment of vasomotor. Why? Because food triggers cause inflammation in the system. The inflammation in the system is one of the things we think. We don't really know why there's vasomotor symptoms, why hot flashes happen. We don't really know. But we think it has something to do with how the thermostat in the brain is um, measuring changes and the response necessary. So it's partially hormonal and it's partially HPA axis, hypothalamus, uh, hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis, um, which is a common um, dysregulation of that system is a common part of menopause. Anyways, um, so taking the things that cause inflammation away can be really helpful in keeping, uh, keeping you cool. So Uh, removing food triggers completely, make sure your blood sugar is regulated. If you're not, if you haven't had your A1C and your insulin tested, um, do it. If you've got someone in the house or that has a fasting, a glucometer and you can do a flat, a fasting blood test, really helpful information. You can also buy one from your pharmacy. They're not expensive. That's something that can be really helpful to tell you whether or not your blood sugar is regulated. And again, just removing stress from the from the system. We're going to stop normalizing stress. It just needs to be done. So there is a research paper that shows that women who took curcumin or turmeric and vitamin E over eight weeks, that's a daily supplement of each, had a significant reduction in hot flashes a reduction in anxiety and depression and the inflammatory markers in the blood were also reduced significantly. 
And this is really important because that's a, I mean, depression, anxiety, and hot flashes and high inflammation. I mean, that's like the most, probably out of the top 10 symptoms that, that women experience at menopause, that's dealing with a good, a good number of them, some of the most important, which should have more downstream effects. So I just don't think you can go wrong with this. Again, there is research behind it. Um, I would rather you speak to your healthcare provider to get the dosage right for you. Um, also, vitamin E needs to be taken in the right formula. Otherwise, it can be pro-inflammatory. Please don't cheap out on the vitamin E. That one is one you want to be a high-quality formula. So again, talk to your natural health care provider, talk to the people at your hippie grocery store, your nutritional um, store, the place you get your supplements, see what folks are using for this. But uh, I'm here for <laughs> seeing more women with reduced inflammation, less hot flashes, and, and better mood regulation. I just think that's a, a beautiful way to go. Okay, so hopefully I answered some questions there. I know that's a lot of technical information and one, so if you're still with me, bravo, you are incredibly strong <laughs> and resilient. And I hope what I delivered today was super helpful. And remember, let me know how I can serve you best. Drop me a message on Instagram at... Dr. Fiona Lovely, or uh, drop me a message on Facebook, which is at Not Your Mother's Menopause Podcast. And I really appreciate the time you spent with me today. And again, I'm so grateful for you. Take good care, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now. The views and nutritional advice expressed by Dr. Fiona Lovely are not intended to be a substitute for conventional medical service. If you have or suspect that you have a medical problem, promptly contact your healthcare provider. No information offered here should be interpreted as a diagnosis of any disease, nor an attempt to treat or prevent or cure any disease or condition. As with any new advice or program, you should always contact your healthcare provider prior to starting anything new. Thank you.